And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back. It's Stephen Holder. I'm here with Zach Kiefer, and we're back for another episode of 1% Better. And man, let me tell you something. You might not find two happier people on the planet right now. And it's not that I'm that big of a Matt Ryan fan. I don't even care. It could have been anybody. But the Colts have a quarterback. That's all I care about. I think the fan base is on the same page. I think they were tired too. <laughs> <I> was exhausted. <laughs> this was exhausting. I mean, like, seriously, they could have signed, like, Jerry Seinfeld to play quarterback. And I'd be like, all right, let's roll. Because <laughs> I was just done. <laughs> so, so let's just get that out there, okay? Let's just get that out there. That's the most important thing here is that Zach and I don't have to worry about this anymore. I don't care about your problems, you guys out there, but I'm just telling you, we're really happy. So there, podcast over. Um, no, seriously, Zach, th- just just like from a human perspective, uh, and even like, you know, you can identify with the fans because we hear from them. We're like, what's this been like? <laughs> so Carson yeah, Wentz got cut or traded. Fun. Excuse me. Two weeks ago, right? It's been two weeks almost yep. since Carson Wentz was traded. And they did not have a bird in the hand at the time. So what's this been like for you? Yeah, it's been – you're basically on edge at all times because you're just waiting for something to happen. And you're talking to people a lot and you're trying to see what's going on. And I remember you know, checking in with Chris Bowd, I think, last Monday, which would have been the first day of free agency. Not official free agency, but the tampering period. Kind of getting a sense like, where's your head at? And he's like, patience, patience. And I'm like, okay, your fan base isn't going to be real happy for the next couple of days when they expect you to make these big splash moves. And I thought they would be a little bit more aggressive than they were in terms of you've got these really important positions to fill, left tackle, receiver, tight end, obviously quarterback. They did go big at pass rush. I love the Ngakwe move. But with quarterback, it took seven days and, and they were patient. And we'll get into this. And I think the patient paid off because I think Matt Ryan was the best of a lot of bad options. And there was a couple quarterbacks that wanted to come here and they didn't have interest in them. Um, but it was an exhausting week. Let's just call it what it was. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And I get it. As a fan, it probably tested your patience and and probably your confidence <laughs> in the front yeah, office. I heard right? some people saying, like, do they even have a plan? And there was a couple times when I'm like, I don't know, you know? Uh, me too. That's I said this on TV last night. Like, you know, I... I kind of doubted them at some point. Okay, I'll just put this out there. I sent Chris Ballard a text yesterday. I was like, hey, I never doubted you. And then I put ellipses and was like, no, I totally doubted you. Because <laughs> what the hell were you doing? And he laughed. He said, and he actually, I, I mean, I don't normally come on here and talk about text exchanges. But, like, he he responded in a very, uh, in a, in a very appropriate way. He said, no, no, I get it. He's like, the past few weeks, he's like, I could write a book on all that's happened. And it's been crazy. The league has been crazy, right? So you can imagine as you're sitting there trying to to plot your next move and all these other things are, are impacting you directly, indirectly, whatever. 
and you're having to to constantly navigate that. I will tell you, I talked to several people at Colts headquarters the last couple of days and <laughs> well, really in the last 24 hours. And everything I got from them was relief because this has they have felt this pressure yes. the last couple of weeks. This yes. has been, trust me, like all of you sitting out there staring at your screens and waiting for news. Oh, they know. Okay. They know. They're, a lot of them are doing the same thing. The coaching staff has been for sure. The scouting staff. They're waiting yes. for a move too. They're just like you guys out there, just like us, really waiting for the decision. Yeah. So it has tested everybody's patience. And there's it, there's no worse place to be in the NFL than not knowing who is going to take the field for your most important position. There's nowhere worse to possibly be. And that's where they've been for almost two weeks. And that was that was a tough thing to have to swallow for a while and to be patient is hard and we can quibble about whether they got it right or not. But, but I think they got a decent outcome despite being in a really bad place uh, for, for a while there. Uh, so listen, I think that's the, that's the, the biggest overall takeaway for me here. I think this was the best possible outcome that was within their reach. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, all that shit was never happening. Okay. People no. never, it was never happening. Their options were second-tier options, for sure. At best, second-tier options. And there were some third-tier options, okay? Like the Jameis Winstons of the world, okay? So I think to to be facing that scenario and come out with Matt Ryan, it's a rabbit out of a hat. I don't know, Zach. Did, now, here's my question. Did they get lucky <laughs> or, or are they just smart? I don't I know. I think it's both, and I think okay. that can be fair. Yeah. Look, I think you can – Criticized Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and Jim Irsay for the Carson Wentz move last year. I think they deserve criticism. That was a miss, and it cost them. It cost them their spot in the playoffs, among other things. We've been telling you for a month that they were going to move on from Carson Wentz. So let's recap this. Let's go back to where they were a month ago and to where they are today. They basically were going to get rid of Carson no matter what. They were going to cut him if they couldn't trade him. And they were going to eat $15 million. Instead of doing that, they upgraded from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. They saved $5 million, and they added a third-round pick to become a second. So you can criticize last year's move, and we have. It was a miss. But from where they were in late January and early February, when they were done with Carson Wentz, they added two third-round picks. They used one of them to upgrade at the quarterback spot. I think it's fair to say any objectively that, that Carson Wentz upgrade – Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Carson Wentz. So, yeah. so really what they did was they cleaned up their own mess. And I think they did a pretty damn good job of that. If you're looking at this, if Matt Ryan is, is really going to keep it at the level he's been playing at the last couple of years, they made a mess last year with Carson Wentz. It cost them. They got rid of him. They added a third round pick and they move on with a guy who they think they can be here for two years. That's the expectation. God forbid, please let that happen. So we don't have to do another quarterback search next year. <laughs> But this gives them an opportunity to look for a quarterback in the draft this year and next year and not have to rush him right away, right? I mean, I think of a bad situation, and it was bad a month ago. They were desperate to move on from Carson Wentz. They didn't have a ton of leverage. They got Washington to bid really high for a guy that they were going to let go of, and Washington was bidding against itself. And then they were able to get Matt Ryan for just a third. For just a third, I think this is probably as good of an outcome as as they could have hoped because one, he's not injured like like Jimmy G. He's not a headache like Baker Mayfield, who they were never in on. 
and the other options, they just don't do much for me. So they cleaned up a mess. They made their own mess, but I was impressed at how, how well they cleaned it up this week. So let's talk about Chris Ballard here because he's the one pushing the buttons, even though, as you just stated, Jim Mercy was driving the bus on getting rid of Carson Wentz. Okay, let's let's be honest. Like he was he had both hands on that wheel. Okay, he was driving that bus. However, be that as it may, we all saw the games. Okay. We saw the performance. It it could have been a lot better. It just they could have there was definitely a lot of room for improvement and the quarterback was not a difference maker. That was true. Right. So that's the bottom line. And it's hard to win in the NFL if your quarterback is not a difference maker. That is true. We all know that. So Let's talk about Chris Ballard. He, last year, a year ago, roughly, makes, I think, the riskiest move of his tenure. For sure, okay? You go laid on the line, first in a third-round pick, for a guy who was absolute ass a year ago. <laughs> okay? Let's yeah, just worst, be honest, worst starter right? in the league. Yeah, He was the worst quarterback in the NFL in 2020. Probably, I think you could make a very compelling argument he was the worst starting quarterback. Now, was that the outlier or was that who he was? As it turns out, a lot of his flaws followed him here. Okay. So now you're Chris Ballard. You're sitting here, man. I just put my tail on the line and traded for this guy. My coach vouched for him. It didn't work out. Now my owner's pissed. The fans are mad at me. I got to cut this guy or I got to get rid of this guy. And I don't know if I can trade him. And so what does he do? As I said earlier, it's a rabbit out of a hat. I mean, this is. I think we could go back to the 2018 trade that they made going from number three to number six in the draft and how they parlayed that. That was probably Chris Ballard's finest moment, I think. But I'm not necessarily throwing him a parade here because they screwed up. So you're fixing a mistake. However, this was incredible. Okay. This is freaking incredible. This could be so much worse. It's a turning point. I was was planning on worse. Like, if you have to settle yep. for Jimmy G, and Jimmy G's fine. He wins. I get that. He's limited as a passer, and he's coming off a, a surgery. That's it's really important. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's a headache. He gets into fights all the time. He's been very mediocre on the field. He's coming off a surgery on his non-throwing shoulder. Does Marcus Mariota really do it for you? Does Jameis Winston? Um, they knew that everything they were looking at was a flawed prospect. Everybody out there was a flawed quarterback. The only guy that wasn't that, that's going to – be a home run was Russell Wilson, and he waived his, his no-trade cause to go to Denver, and the Colts didn't have the first-round pick. So yeah, they put themselves in a bad spot this year. But the fact that they able were able to land Matt Ryan for only a third – like when I first heard it was just a third, I was like, what was Atlanta thinking? That I mean, that was, I, I that was robbery. I mean, that was larceny. What was that, was that what it was? Well, what's crazy for me is that if you're, if you're looking at this from, uh, from, from Ballard's point of view, okay – he has, I think, was at, a, was at a turning point here. This was a crossroads for him. Okay, this offseason in general, not just this quarterback situation, but this, this crossroads in general, okay? You, to quote him and use his words, we got our ass beat, okay, in Jacksonville. They send you home. You're not in the playoffs in absolute humiliating fashion. You, your owner wants to quarterback out, and besides, you know that he's not good enough. You've got no first-round pick <laughs> because you gave it up for that quarterback, and you've got a. You've got meanwhile the AFC is loading up like it's like it's an arms race out there. Okay, this was a pretty dark place, and, and you don't have the skill position talent. I mean, I'm yeah. offensive free agents. Why would they come here last week? Who's your quarterback? Right? Yeah, that's a real thing. 
Yeah. And so now fast forward to where we are today. Look, they're not done. They they have a lot of work left to do. Okay, let's be very, very clear. However, they have upgraded at the two most important spots in the entire sport. They've upgraded at quarterback and they've upgraded at pass rush in a major way. I think at both. Now, I'm not saying this is Matt Ryan. This is MVP Matt Ryan of 2016. It's not. But at the same time, six years ago, he was the MVP of the NFL. Okay. The guy didn't forget how to play football. He may have lost a little little bit of life on his arm, but the guy didn't forget how to play football. So they've upgraded there. Yannick Ngakwe is one of the best pass rushers of the last three or four years. Okay, period. So they have him on their team now. And that was their biggest weakness at times last year. So two, their two biggest weaknesses, they have now turned into strengths. I mean, is that not a good offseason? Again, they got more work to do. But I mean, there's nothing more important than that. Okay, if you're bad at your two most important spots and you get better at those two spots, that's a that's a hell of a haul. And they gave up a third rounder and they gave up Rocky Sin, which is incredible. So they got better. The, the Matt Ryan domino is the biggest domino that needed to fall, but I'm not letting them off the hook. They need to get better. They need to get better yeah. at the offensive skill positions. And I'm not faulting them for not doing it yet because they needed to get the quarterback in place. But that's the next step. And my belief is they're not done at all. They need to go find a receiver or two. And I still think receiver in the second round, I think that's their first pick this year. Yeah. That's just a gut feeling. I've had that forever. It's a strong class, too. So it's a strong class. And, and, and it just feels like if they're going to get a home run receiver, uh, you know, a number one, number two guy, I think the, the draft is probably the best way to do it, just to w- the way they, they do things. I would love another tight end, too, a wide tight end, an athletic guy that can move around. They're going to yeah. miss Jack Doyle in a couple different ways last year. And, and I think Moali Cox is a great piece. Because there's some things he can't do, and they need to go find a guy to do that. But getting Matt Ryan in place, getting the belief, the receivers, and the running backs, and the tight ends around him is a huge step in that direction. They got to go make some work this week, next week. You know how Ballard always says, he's been saying this for a couple weeks now. He says, We're not done until September. And by that, he means adding to his roster until September. So he's going to be patient, and he's probably going to drive the fans crazy a little bit, but they're going to continue roster building until we get to the regular season. I always say this, and it is true. I mean, some of their better free agent acquisitions have come in the second wave. So I think that's this week. Uh, Justin Houston. I mean, they didn't the sign Kenny Moore until until you know cut down day in August. So mm-hmm. they have added some good pieces, not in that first wave of free agency before. Yeah, I mean, you can look at the free agent list of available players, and there's still some good players on there. I think the wide receiver class has definitely taken a hit, and a lot of those top guys are gone. I will. I will concede that. Uh, I, I hear you guys on Julio Jones. I'm kind of like, eh, I'm kind of meh on that one. I just think the injuries are catching up to him. But but whatever. If Matt Ryan wants him and he'll sign cheap, sign him. Whatever. They do need a veteran, though. I do. I think they need a veteran. I prefer MVS from, from Green yeah. Bay, personally. Keep an eye out for him. Keep an eye yeah. out for him. I like that idea. I like the idea of bringing in a guy who can take the top off the defense, even though he's kind of a boomer bust player. He's not a guy who's who's going to be sort of a you know make a tough catch on third down and and keep the chains moving. He's not that guy, but he is a home run hitter. And sometimes home run hitters hit two fifty. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. I think he's that kind of guy, but that's okay. I, I mean, throw it to Michael Pittman on third down. I, I think you've got. You've got a guy who can can be clutched that way. What you need is a home run hitter, and I think he could be that guy. So that's just my personal view of it. We'll see what he gets paid. Let's um, talk about this. Yeah. What kind of quarterback are they getting compared to the quarterback they had last year? Because okay, they're perfect. very, very different. 
Okay, perfect. That's exactly where I was going next. All right, because that's what matters here. So I think they're getting a quarterback who, look, he, he is not, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Look, he is not going to have, you know, sort of those Josh Allen, you know, Patrick Mahomes moments where you just say, whoa, wow. Like, I've never really watched Matt Ryan and felt like that. But I think what he can do is he can make all the throws. He's highly, highly accurate, okay, and can put the ball in where it needs to go. Very, very accurate, which is I, which I think for Frank Reich, and I had this conversation with him, that is like top three in the things that he wants from his quarterback. So he's got that like all the way. He's got that going for him. He's got the smarts, okay? This is like Philip Rivers level smarts, I think. I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, Philip was kind of like ridiculous, maybe, but he, that guy was off the chart smart. Philip was one of a kind. <laughs> he really was. But like, I mean, Matt Ryan's not going to talk to the middle linebacker in the middle of the snap count, right? <laughs> I heard still no one throw the ball. <laughs> I heard yesterday that, that Matt Ryan is Philip Rivers just without the trash talk. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good personality comparison. Wise. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think you're, but you're definitely getting a, a highly intelligent quarterback who, before the snap, is going to be able to do a much better job than Carson Wentz did of understanding what he's seeing and where to go with the ball. And let's be honest, playing quarterback, half of the job comes before the snap. Okay, it is the reason that Philip Rivers had success. It's the reason Peyton Manning had so much success. Okay, we, if anybody knows about the pre-snap importance of the game, it's Colts fans, okay? You saw it for 20 years, okay? Yeah, I grew up with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so this guy has that. He has that. And I think in Frank Reich's system, which gives the quarterback a lot of freedom and, and puts a lot on the quarterback's shoulders, he can handle it. That's the good thing. He can handle it. And he's not going to try to do too much. That's the thing. He's not going to be a hero. And so when you ask me, what kind of quarterback are they getting compared to to Carson Wentz? I think where Carson Wentz is strong, his strengths in terms of like the athletic ability, the arm strength. So Matt Ryan is lacking in those areas. The problem is Carson Wentz couldn't maximize those things because he didn't play smart. So Matt Ryan has other strengths, but I think there's strengths that are just as important, and he will play smart. So yeah. that's my take on it. I, I just think that... I think he has a chance to be a difference maker in in a different way than some of those dynamic quarterbacks we talk about. But he can be a difference maker in his own way for the Colts, in my opinion. I mean, what are your thoughts? The funny thing is last year everyone thought the Carson Wentz-Frank Reich marriage would be perfect. And, 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 and those guys still really, really admire each other and were great. Mm-hmm. I think this could be a different version of a great a great quarterback-coach relationship. And I don't know if they have any past whatsoever. But right. I feel like Ryan is is the perfect quarterback to come in and run this system after after Rivers a couple of years ago, right? In terms of like, I mean, Jacob Tammy, who played with the Colts and played with the Falcons, compared Ryan's preparation to that of Peyton Manning, and that's no small compliment. He even had a car when he lived in Atlanta. A driver would drive him. It was about a 50-minute ride every day to practice so he could watch tape, a la Phillip Rivers mm. when he was in San Diego going to L.A., right? So there's some similarities with – two of the smarter quarterbacks the Colts have had in the past. And then secondly, I think we're going to see a lot of the Phillip Rivers offense, right? And we've talked about this on here before. Frank's offense is timing-based. He wants 
the throws to come before the guys get out of their breaks, and he needs the quarterback to know all of that. And Wentz was over to, able to overcome a lot of that because of his athletic ability. And Carson made a lot of stuff happen when things were breaking down last year, and he deserves credit for that. We're not going to see as much of that this year with Ryan because he doesn't have the f- same physical tools, but he's also not going to put himself in that position as often. He's accurate. He's got a quick release. And I can promise you the Colts did not overlook the fact that he has 42 game-winning drives in his career. Mm. The Colts melted down in the fourth quarter a lot last year. No, it was not all on Carson. But I think there was some unease among teammates about whether they could trust him in critical moments. Because he screwed up a lot of times. And I go back to the Tennessee game and and the Las Vegas game. And in Jacksonville, they never had a shot. Matt Ryan's the opposite. He's he's very, very good under pressure. And, And I think that matters a lot. And I think this could be a really good thing for Frank Wright because the man's had a lot to deal with. (laughs) And this is his fifth year. You guys know this is his fifth different quarterback. He's getting a guy that's going to come in. He's going to be able to practice all spring. He's going to get the receivers excited because he has a pedigree. Um, And I think this could fit the offense really well. And remember, when you go back to the Phillip Rivers offense, they were ninth in passing. I think they were ninth overall in total offense that year. Jonathan Taylor was a rookie. And he struggled early, and he was a non-factor for most of the first half of the season. Then he took off. Jonathan Taylor now is like a top-five player in football. He's a freaking monster. And Michael Pittman isn't the same player he was two years ago. He's much better. So Matt Ryan is walking into a situation with a much better skill position pair in Taylor and Pittman. And hopefully they add more um, to work with, and that matters. Now, they need to protect him, and I'm still not sold on the offensive line. They don't have a right guard. And they need to be better than they were at the end of the season. I think they will. But this is not the same team that Rivers had around him in 2020. This is a much better team. It starts with 28 in the backfield. And Matt Ryan's going to love having that. Yeah, I agree. I, I I do think that there's a there's a lot to be said for what he had in Atlanta, particularly the last couple of years, and and what he has, what he will have in Indianapolis. And I, and I still think, as you said, the Colts need, they need some more juice. And I think they'll get some more juice. It may come in the draft. It may not come in free agency, at least not enough, but, but they have, they have the ability to do that still. And I, I think they recognize it. They're not going to put this team on the field in September. They, they know they need more. Um, I mean, unless they're number two receiver, right? Unless they're complete idiots, they're not putting this team on the field. And I don't think they're idiots. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They let Zach Pascal walk, which tells me, they have a plan there because Zach Pascal has been on the field so much for them the last few years. They can't pl- apparently they can't play without Zach Pascal. So if they're letting him walk, they must have a plan because right. who's going right. to play all those snaps, right? So, right? so they have a plan there. I don't know what it is, but they have a plan. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. So everything I say is with that in mind. So don't shoot me if it doesn't happen. But like anyway. Ballard, Ballard says, look, he says all the time he says, look, you guys watch the same games I do. Like we know. Like, I'm like, I know, you need help at receiver. And he'll be like, I don't know. Like, he's not. He's not oblivious to this. Now, you got to go spend some money and sign some, for goodness sakes. But now that you have the quarterback in place, I think that's the next step. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So going back to what I was saying, compare what Matt Ryan had in Atlanta last year. (laughs) Check this out. You talked about Jonathan Taylor and the asset that he can be. Who was this running back? In Atlanta last year, it's freaking hilarious. It's Cordero Patterson. He's a receiver. (laughs) He's a converted wide receiver. Who, by the way, I give a lot of credit because... He's a good player. Yeah, what he did was kind of amazing. It's like, wait a minute, this guy doesn't even play that position. And Arthur Smith, their their coach, finally kind of figured out, okay, maybe this is how we should use him. Because Cordero, Cordero Patterson's been in the NFL for quite a few years, and no one has figured out how to use him. So the Falcons did. But that being said, let's be honest, I mean... It wasn't the ideal running back. He averaged four yards a carry. Uh, he, he had a six, he had six hundred and thirteen yards rushing, I believe. He's our leading rusher. Jonathan Taylor, eighteen hundred yards rushing, five and a half yards per carry. Okay, and this is in a year where the offensive line wasn't as good. Okay, so <laughs> he's got that going for him here. He also, by the way, was throwing to no one. He had really a rookie tight end in Kyle Pitts who was his most reliable receiver, and Kyle Pitts is really, really good. But he's a tight end. He's a rookie. Calvin Ridley's out half the year. He's got nobody down there he's throwing the ball to. I think maybe um, – I don't even know who his leading receiver was offhand. So my point is, here, I think he's going to see some upgrades. And, and yet, despite all that, by the way, did you know that the Falcons had more – Yards after catch than the Colts in 2021. Not surprising. Colts not good in that category last year. And I think that's not just on the wide receivers because they were actually very good in that respect in 2020. No Hmm. surprise there. So yards after catch is as much a quarterback stat as a receiver stat. Never forget that. This is important too. 124 quarterback hits last year allowed by the Falcons. They had one of the worst offensive lines. One of the worst offensive lines in the league. Now, I'm not giving the Colts a pass. We saw what happened at the end of the season up front. 
And they're not out of the clear yet, whether Matt Pryor is their left tackle or not, or whether they re-sign Chris Reed or move Danny Pinter to right guard. They've got to fill those holes. But if they can protect him, this guy will get the ball out quick. He will get the ball out quick. And you guys have seen the tape, and we've seen the tape. All those – this is a huge thing for Chris Bowd. He's talked, he talked about this a lot since the end of the season. What the heck happened to Naheem Hines at the end of the season? He disappeared. Hmm. And they wanted a quarterback. This was really important to them. They wanted a quarterback who can get him the ball. Hines went from 63 catches with Rivers, a big part of the offense, to just 40 last year, including like not very many at the end of the season. Um, when they get Hines the ball, this offense is different. It's it's just got more it's got more dynamic to it. And they he just disappeared at the end of the year. And some of that's probably on Naheem, but I think a lot of it's on the quarterback. And you guys have seen the tape. It's not just Naheem. Jonathan Taylor, no one's within 10 yards of him in Jacksonville. And Wentz forces it into double coverage. I think you're going to see a lot smarter quarterback play next year. And this is really what Carson Wentz needed to do last year. We talked about this a lot. He needed to just come in and not play hero ball. And for most of the season, he did a pretty good job. I remember Frank in some of the meetings would tell Wentz, I want you looking here. I don't want you looking down the field. I want you looking here. Go with your first read. But it all fell apart the last two weeks of the season, and he reverted to some of his bad tendencies in Philadelphia. And like Ballard said after the year, he said, you got to make the layups. And he said, you can drill it and drill it and drill it when it comes to accuracy. But eventually they just revert to what they are. Wentz made football harder than it needed to be at times last year. And I think Ryan will fit in well with the Colts because he'll make it easier because of the pieces around him. You know, something you said earlier, I think sort of, I think puts a, an exclamation point on all of that you just said. And you mentioned Matt Ryan's come from behind wins, his his fourth quarter victories. And I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. I don't know how many Carson Wentz has in his career. He's I just got know some. He, he had a good amount in Philly. Okay. But I think what we saw last year was a guy who who didn't seem to have that ability. At, Correct. At, at not at the same level that he used to, perhaps. Certainly not at the level that Matt Ryan has demonstrated. I, I just did, did you ever feel confidence that other that other than that one time against Arizona, did you ever feel confidence with the ball no. in his hand they were going to go down and win the game? I didn't feel it that night either because remember how poorly he played in the he second and third quarter? awful that night. And, and, and I hate to do this, but I, and I've said this before, that I always felt like the Colts were two seconds away from disaster with Wentz on a scramble because that's how it ended a mm-hmm. lot of times. We've talked about the left-handed interception and, and then the really terrible interception to close the Titans game and, and all that, right? We've talked about that. I think teammates felt that too, to a degree. Right. Yeah, and I think sure. it was the opposite with the guy that was quarterback a couple of years ago, Philip Rivers. And then secondly, Luck would play terrible in the third quarter and then he would just light it up in the fourth. And it's not a fair comparison to make, but I think I think quarterbacks, some could finish games and some can't. And, and Carson didn't have that at the end of the year last year. And I think it cost the Colts. And I think that belief is something they might try to find again with Matt Ryan. You know who else didn't believe it? Frank Reich. Not because he said it. But because he demonstrated it by the way he handled the offense, I thought. Patriots game. Yeah. I mean They were gonna run it no matter say? what against a heavy box because they didn't trust the quarterback. I would submit to you that there will not be a game this year where Matt Ryan throws for fifty yards. <laughs> okay. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think he had fifty three, fifty seven. All right, I shorted him. Sorry, Carson. I like the guy. Look, I really do like the guy. I don't have anything against Carson Wentz. He's never done anything to me. I don't have any 
reason no, to dislike. The not guy. a bad guy. Right. Just I not, just want to be clear about that. Fit. Yeah. yeah, I want to be clear about that because I think it's easy to pile on. And a lot of people said a lot of things about him when he left Philadelphia. I'm not doing that. I think if you've listened to our podcast throughout you know, the, the last weeks and months, I mean, we've been, I thought, pretty even-handed about Carson Wentz. I think when he, when he deserved it, we said he did a great job. And when he didn't, we said that too. But I also think it's, it's telling that on the night of their biggest win, that night they beat the Patriots. My column the next day was about how badly the quarterback played and how this is not sustainable. And I think that, I think, is the is very, very telling about their quarterback situation last year. And it's why when people who didn't watch the Colts last season ask me, well, 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions, I tell them, you had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you and you guys know, like the listeners out there that watched every game, you know the roller coaster it was. And I think... Shil Kapati, our colleague from The Athletic, made a really good point on the football show last week with Robert Mays. He said, look, and this is when the Colts were in a bad spot, right? They had traded Wentz. They had all these picks, but they didn't have a quarterback. And that's not a great spot to be in. The free agent market wasn't great. And he said, I know it looks dire right now, but just imagine if you had run it back with Wentz and this had happened in week six or week seven, and they just went back to Philadelphia 2024. I mean, just, you know, the quarterback was just hurting you. And you had to think, like, do we go to Ellinger? Then you're just... Then you're wasting two seasons and not just one. Great point. We'll see if it's the right move. We're not going to know if Matt Ryan's the right move until they play games in September and October. That's the fun part. Nobody actually knows. On Right now, it seems like the best of the moves they had available. But the Carson Wentz move, whether you agree with it or not, they didn't think he was the answer. They did not think he was the answer on the field or off the field. And they were not going to run it back and just hope things got better. They saw enough. Jacksonville sealed it for them. And they're going to move on because they didn't want that to repeat itself in 2022. Is it better with Matt Ryan? I think so. I think they got a shot to beat the Titans at AFC South. They're going to have to get better at some key spots to do that. But they just cut. They just they just they cut their losses and they moved on. And they did a pretty good job of doing it, considering where they were a month ago. I have to agree. So it's a good segue. You just talked about the AFC South, and I think. My next point I wanted to cover was what kind of team are the Colts now, right? And again, they're not a finished product, but I think we can talk about them, you know, just sort of in theory what they might be this fall. I think, as I said earlier, I think they've upgraded the two most important spots. That's a better football team than they were when the season ended. I think I've told, so I'll tell you guys this. I told Frank Reich in the last couple of months, I said, if you get, a few more checkdowns on third down and convert, and you get a few more stops because you have a better pass rush, you are in the playoffs. And you know what? He did not disagree. <laughs> okay? So it shows you how thin the line is. Now, I'm not saying they were going to go you know, on a run in the, in the playoffs. I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying... But you gotta you gotta crawl before you walk, right? You gotta get to the playoffs. <laughs> so you gotta and then get you quarterback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my point is, I think they have addressed the two areas that single-handedly kept them out of the playoffs. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's what kept them out of the playoffs in my mind. The quarterback came up short, and the pass rush wasn't effective. It kept them out of the playoffs. And they've addressed those two spots. Now, you're going to say, as the fan, oh, well, well, wait. Left tackle's bad. The wide receivers are bad. Yeah, they are. And, and, and I, I hear you. And I don't disagree. All I would say is that all those teams that you're afraid of, 
out there. The Chiefs and the Bills and the Broncos and a lot of those teams have weaknesses too. No one ever wants to talk about like the Kansas City defense was just at times been absolutely dreadful. Okay. No one wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk about like Buffalo and their absolutely their absolute joke of a running game. <laughs> like a complete joke, right? Like the quarterback's their best runner. And it's not close. So granted, those quarterbacks are transcendent and and they can overcome all that. However, top to bottom, I think they're in many ways the Colts are a better team top to bottom. Now their quarterback is not as good. And that is oftentimes the difference. But I think what I'm saying is I'm not telling you they're gonna go on the road in the playoffs if they get there and have some monumental wins. I, I don't know that. I'm not I'm not gonna predict that at all. But I think they're in the conversation for a team that's at least got a puncher's chance in the AFC to do something. I don't know I think, what that is, but something. Yeah, I think the expectations need to change. I think it needs to be narrow. I think they need to think about Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. And and that's it, right? You haven't yeah. won the division since 14. Stop thinking about the AFC championship game or the Super Bowl when you can't win the division. You can't beat Tennessee when it matters. And Tennessee's a flawed team. I think they're really well coached and they're really well built, but they got a quarterback who can lose them games when it counts. And the Colts lived that last year, and then Tannehill cost the Titans in their home playoff game against the Bengals. Look, the AFC is dominated by elite quarterbacks. You guys all know this. Josh Allen, Russell Wilson's in the fold, Joe Burrow's coming off a Super Bowl run, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's it's loaded. Stop thinking about those teams. You're not there yet. You don't have the skill position talent. You don't have an elite quarterback. Yeah. You can beat Tennessee, though, if you do this right the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months. You can beat Tennessee. You were close. To beating them, you were up 17-0 to zero going up more if Taekwon Lewis doesn't tear up his knee and it's awful luck that he got on that interception. Mm. But you need to finish those games. You need to win the division. That's where it starts with this team, winning the division and getting back to the playoffs. You can talk about all that in January if you get there. But until then, nothing else matters. You can't beat Tennessee. So let's, talk, talk, let's stop talking about deep playoff runs um, when you haven't been able to beat Tennessee or Houston going back to 2014 to win the division. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you said it too, because I think it's a reminder for all of us, right? Because so much of the reaction, oftentimes, it, the, the counterpoint to a move like this is, well, they're still behind Kansas City. They're still behind Buffalo and maybe even the Chargers in Denver. Yeah, like, yeah no yeah. shit. They are. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not going to change. Not right. until, not, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. I mean, like they never told you this was going to be the the move that gets them to the Super Bowl. Like that's not where their heads are at. Their heads are like, I, I think you gotta see the team for what they are. I think exactly exactly right. See the team for what they are right now, for what it is right now, and what it is is a team that is trying to find its way after after three years of not having really any kind of consistency at quarterback, and now they have what I think is frankly. Their best situation at quarterback since Andrew Luck walked out the door. You know, it's not great, your, but it's your better. column last week. So, what made you think that? What convinced you that this is the best quarterback situation they've on had paper. since twenty eight? Okay, so on paper it is, and and here's why: because I feel like with with Andrew Luck, or excuse me, with with Matt Ryan, the the real so the, the the competition for this title really is is Philip Rivers. <laughs> okay, so it's it's really yeah. Matt Ryan versus Philip Rivers, and here's right. why: number one, I think Philip was a more was a more diminished version of of a veteran quarterback than Matt Ryan is right now. There's no question about it. Now, Philip compensated for that with just elite off the charts intelligence. Okay, and 
and throwing he's so hard rhythm. to compare and he's so hard to compare he to really he's such a unique entity he's all, there's only one philip rivers yeah, he, in a lot of different ways he, he he was able to give you everything he could possibly give you and get as much as he could out of his game because of those elite traits that he has now matt ryan has elite elite mental traits but also has a lot more physically to offer right now a lot more and i just think that when you and you hit this earlier the team are, he has some better pieces around him he's got uh he's he's younger a little bit younger but he's but the age is not even the, the issue it's it's his physical condition at this point look philip rivers never really had a strong arm okay <laughs> to begin with matt ryan has had has as much arm talent as philip rivers I think, uh, and is obviously very, very accurate, but and can still, I think, he, he's going to give you a little bit of mobility. I mean, I saw him scramble for a couple of touchdowns last year. He can do he can that. He can move a little bit. He's yeah. He can move a little bit more than Phillip, which <laughs> yeah. isn't saying anything. Look, he ain't Lamar Jackson, but he can move. I, but I think that's going to add a little bit of a dimension to the offense. Look, Frank Reich had to sort of circumvent Phillip Rivers' lack of mobility. Okay, They I did bet, a good job I, of it. Yeah. They had Remember how many... They brought Jacoby in, and he got a lot of first downs. And I go. bet they, I bet they explored doing the same thing with Ellinger this year. Yeah, they had they're they're using the read option. They already did this a couple of times last year with Ellinger. I think they can continue to do that, but but it, but they won't have to like compensate for the quarterback's lack of mobility. So you can move the pocket, you can do some things. You couldn't do any of that with Philip Rivers. So in in small ways, on paper, because everything is on paper this time of year. I think this is a better quarterback situation. And I just think that when you look at Matt Ryan's decline the last couple of years, I don't think it's been as steep as Phillip Rivers was at that point in his career. And I love Phillip, but I think you have to at least acknowledge that. So we'll see. I mean, maybe we're wrong, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, but I But I do think the other reason for optimism that I should add before we move on is – I think with Philip, because of that decline, it really, really was a year-to-year situation, and so it was a band-aid in the most, in the most obvious way. Right here, they really think they're going to get two years, and I think they will get two years out of him, unless there's some decline that we, you know, unforeseen decline in his performance that I can't anticipate right now. And that can always happen, right? Sometimes it happens really suddenly. Unless that happens, I think they can get two years out of Matt Ryan, so they have bought themselves time. You don't have to force the quarterback pick this year when you don't want to necessarily. If it's there, you take it, but you don't want to force it. Next year, you're going to have a better class, better options, and a first-round pick. And a first-round pick. (laughs) Most of all. So, you know, it takes the heat off, you know? It's like every morning they've been waking up with this thought, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And it takes the heat off to have to solve this problem right now. Yeah, I don't and think there's solutions out is, there. Like everybody on Twitter wants like a long-term solution. There wasn't a long-term solution out there. There just wasn't one. Not this offseason. Not without a first-round pick with a lame a weak quarterback class. And not with these options in free agency. Like Mariota's not a long-term solution at the position. I don't think Jimmy G's a long-term position. No. I don't think Matt Ryan's a long-term solution. But the Colts are they just didn't they didn't want to go backwards. They didn't want to just give up on this season. They weren't ready to just punt on 2022. They've got too many good pieces on this roster. And and Matt Ryan's a bridge, but he's a pretty good bridge and he's better than the other options. I really do think that. Now he's flawed. He's he's going to be older. He's probably lost a little bit of zip on his arm. 
But compared to the other options, I think the consensus is that Matt Ryan was the best option that they had. And I'm not saying the options were great because they weren't, but this gives them a chance in the AFC South. I'm not going further than that, but this gives them a chance, which is a whole hell of a lot more than what we could have said a week ago. Yeah, and and listen, if that's the the takeaway here, I, I think you should at least sleep better if you're a Colts fan. <laughs> I mean, because where were you a couple of days ago, right? <laughs> you, you were you were one of those people. Admit it, you were one of those people clamoring for Baker Mayfield. Okay, so like some of you at least that was so, not going to happen. No, they were not. I, listen, that was not happening, people. That was not happening. Uh, so anyway, um, we'll see what happens. I, I think they're in it. They're in the game. That's all you need. It's all you really ask for. You want to be in the game. And I think they're at least in the game and the rest will be up to them. Look, they're going to have to get more out of everybody else too. Okay. Some of those other guys on the team, they didn't exactly uh, equip themselves well in Jacksonville either. Okay. So everybody's yeah, got to do I mean, more. Jonathan Taylor only ran for 1,800 yards. He needs to go for 2,000 next year. <laughs> that's what, that's no, what I know exactly what you mean. They, <laughs> yeah. they need more. They need help around them. That's for sure. The receivers, yeah. the tight ends, they need more. Yeah, I mean, listen, your best players got to play better too, right? Quentin Nelson can't have another bad year by his standards, right? Kenny Moore can't have a down day in Jacksonville. He's got to he's got to stand up and play, you know. Like the, their best players got to play well. But those are things that that typically tend to happen if you're good players. Then you don't fall off the face of the earth. Those guys will be back. I, I think they have a track record. I trust that they will be back, and I think that's a pretty good bet. So we'll see. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll hear from Matt Ryan later today. We'll, so we'll have more coverage of that in his opening press conference in Indianapolis. So, so looking forward to hearing from him. And we'll just, you know, sort of sit here and, and see what the rest of the offseason has to offer. I'm, I'm interested now. They have my attention. So let's see how far they can take this and let's see what kind of team they can put together. But I don't know. It'll be interesting, I think. Yeah, we've got a lot on the site right now. You wrote about why this is the best quarterback situation on paper they've had since Luck, which seems like forever ago. Huh. I've got sort of a backstory on how it all happened. They looked into Baker. They thought about Jimmy G. They talked to Winston. Um, then they eventually learned that Matt Ryan was available. And just as a preview, next week we will both be in Florida for the NFL owners meetings, and we will get the chance to talk to the top decision makers. That includes Ursay, Ballard, and Reich, and we will have a lot more coming next week as well from, from those conversations. Yeah, so – yeah, off season. Ha! <laughs> That's what my wife said last night. She's like, "It feels like you're busier now than you are during the season." And I'm like, <laughs> "It's crazy." Yeah, yeah she's uh, she's pretty perceptive. <laughs> I think she's right. Anyway, so that's it for us, guys. Uh, we'll let you go. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a wild ride. I I presume we'll we'll probably have to do another one of these after the owners' meetings. I'm guessing. So uh, stay tuned for that. Based on developments to come well you know when things happen we'll pop in with the podcast i think you guys know when uh, when to expect one based on uh, what is happening so uh thanks for listening i'm Stephen holder with zach Kiefer, and this is one percent yeah.